Hello, Mom? No, 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 no. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. No, 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 no. I have no clue, Mother. Welcome to WTF, a.k.a. What the Foreign. This is Garcia Pushyan, a.k.a. G. Schmoniz. I am super caffeinated, y'all. So I'm pretty sure you guys can already tell when I've drank some coffee or not. It's also, I'm recording this in the morning, and I love the mornings, which is why I am super energized Sun is shining outside. I had a great weekend because I drove to LA and spent it with my family. It was good. I got to see my mama and my siblings and my pets, you guys. But Mocha, Mocha's my dog. She pissed me off because you know when they sleep by your feet, okay? And sometimes they sleep right in the middle. It's like, girl... How am I going to be able to sleep? Like, I have to kind of shape my body around you because I also don't want to wake you up or bother you. But it's like, that's how you get back problems at 23. I'm too young for that. I ain't trying to live like that. Anyway, so Mocha pissed me off, but she's still so cute and I love her. And um, on the drive back, I was listening to my new favorite one of my favorite songs it's called Tia Tamara it's by Doja Cat it goes like hair long nah how does it go hair grow long like Tia my money go like Tia is that how it goes oh money go long like Nia I am a big idea my twins big like Tia my twins big like Tia Tamara oh what Tia Tamara oh what it's so catchy especially when it comes on the club you know when you're at the club with your favorite people and your favorite song comes on and at this point you're just way out of pocket because you don't even know how to act like you don't even know how to sing or dance to it you know just to give it the justice it deserves as far as showing how much you truly appreciate the existence of this particular song so I think Tia Tamara is kind of up there for me at the moment. All right. I get to breathe a little right now. But did I already say I hope you had a great weekend? Regardless, I really genuinely do hope that you had a great weekend. Today's episode is kind of going to be a sequel of last week's episode. By the way, I thank you for all the support, all the DMs, you guys are so great. I got a lot of words of encouragement and, um, you know, just so much love. And that makes me very, very happy. I'm going to try to not sound as... No, I'm not going to be as sad as I was um, on last week's episode. I was, just, I was also a little hormonal, so here goes. This episode is called Family of Eleven because after my dad's incident... My siblings and mom and I pretty much packed our clothes and moved into my grandma's house. 
So at the time, our house was in Ghadir. I'm pretty sure my friends from Baghdad knew exactly where that is. That area was kind of dangerous for us to be living in by ourselves without a man figure in the house. And my grandma... My grandma and the family, of course. So there was three of my cousins, my uncle, his wife, and my grandparents. Their house was in an area called Tnenuchamsin, which in English means 52. They lived in Area 52. Ooh, that sounds... Area 52. Anyway, so they lived in Area 52. We moved in with them and... It was awful and great at the same time. It was awful because of the way we had to live in there, but it was great because we had a place to stay. We had the support we needed. We were surrounded by love and patience in the best way. And I will explain to you guys in a little bit. But we moved in with them, and waking up at times was very difficult. And when I say that, I mean I no longer felt that I needed to set my alarm to wake up for school because every morning I was almost certain that I was gonna wake up to the sound of my mother's cries because that's how it was for a long time for me but then it became so traumatizing to a point where in the morning I could just listen to any sound it could be a bird chirping and I would still think that it's my mom crying so I'd wake up and be like fuck okay I gotta go to school now And that sucked. But part of it is because I obviously didn't want to see her cry and suffer, which is why I was so traumatized by it. My days felt, besides the uncertainty of life, my days felt like they were also accompanied by an infinite amount of stomach ache. And when I say that, I genuinely mean my stomach felt like it was just tossing and turning the whole time. And that was the case for me for years. And I think that was kind of, some of it was anxiety for me, of course. Because in the beginning, I also was not doing very well in school. Um, When I sat in class, I was extremely distracted, you know, could not pay attention. It It was difficult because... I was just thinking of a lot of things at the time. And even my um, math teacher pulled me aside one day. She said, I noticed that you're not doing very well in class. What's going on? Because I was a good student always. And so I told her, I said, look, this is, this is what's going on at home. It's difficult for me to pay attention right now. I just need you to cut me some slack. I will get back into it. I just need some time. So... The surprising thing that she did was that she made me stand in front of the class. She interrupted the class and told everyone, this is a, situa- this is a situation that your classmate is in. Please keep her in your prayers. We appreciate it. So 
yes, it was a very nice thing that she did, but it pissed me off because I'm like, girl, what makes you think that I want everyone to be in my business right now? Not only that, my classmates were going to start looking at me so differently, you know? And yeah, I want them to keep me in their prayers, but shit, I mean, you didn't have to tell everyone about my business. And sure enough, everyone started treating me differently. You know, I tried to not think about it, but it was what it was. And after school, I always felt like I had to, mental, to mentally prep myself to get home. Because for months, I'm talking months, I would go home and um, my mom would be in bed, either asleep or literally just in bed. And that made me so emotional. I mean... <laughs> even more so than I already was. I cried a lot. And, you know, my family used to make fun of me and call me a crybaby, just kind of like in the mood, be like, oh, the crybaby is home, whatever, whatever. At the time, I didn't know exactly why I was crying so much. And, you know, I wasn't able to handle my emotions very well because what I was feeling was very, very new. But now I think about it, and I know exactly what I was crying over. And it was a variety of things. I was crying over the fact that my dad was missing. And normally when, when you know, people get kidnapped, they call and ask for money. And they say, you know what, we, we want this much money from you so we can set this person free. But we didn't even get that chance. We didn't even get that call. So I was crying over the fact that my dad was missing. I was crying over the fact that I saw how much it hurt and affected my mother, you know. That's her fucking husband. I I was crying over the fact that my brother was so little and he was already considered an orphan, kind of. You know, I, I wasn't even sure if I could call him that just yet. I was crying over the fact that my sister felt pain and silence. You know, my sister doesn't really show emotions when it comes to things like that but I saw right through her and I know it was hurting her but she always managed to kind of keep it together which I really applaud 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 her for that because I obviously couldn't <laughs> so it was a variety of things that made life feel like I need to take it one hour at a time rather than a day at a time. And when you have to take it an hour at a time, it just feels like your days are going very, very slowly, you know? Besides all of that, my entire family just looked so tired. You know, we were all really drained and my mom refused to dye her hair. So at 38, she had white, gray hair. She looked older than her age. That pissed me off. My grandparents tried to be our rocks, you know, but they did their best. Of course, they did their best to be a support. My uncle, his wife, their kids, they were there for us. They were very patient. They allowed us to be in their space Four years. I'm talking for five, six, seven years. So where we 
we stayed at, at their place, but they only had so much room for themselves to begin with. But in Armenian, we have the saying that says, you know, our hearts are big, meaning like we might not have enough room, but our hearts are big, accepting and patient enough to be okay with this. And so this is how their house was. As soon as you walk into the house, you're in the living room. And to your right side, there is a big sliding door that separated the living room from the guest room. So they gave us the guest room to leave our stuff in. So they had a really, really big lunch table in the guest room where my sister, my mother, and brother um, kind of just put their clothes on. And then there was an older, uh, it was a computer table that I took to put my clothes on. And um, there was an older refrigerator that was not working at all. Um, we kind of used that as a closet space to put some unnecessary shit in. I don't remember. I don't remember if we used it for shoes or... Regardless, we put that in good use also. Um, at the time, my mom went, went to my dad's shop to get the stuff, you know, because he was a goldsmith, so he, had jewel he was a jeweler. And he was also selling other items besides to that. And when she went to take the stuff so she can sell them on her own, so she can get rid of them, um, she noticed that the jewelry was gone. So it was stolen by surrounding shops, surrounding people. We don't know. So for whatever was left in the shop, we also brought back and put it in that guest room. So that guest room was a big chaos. There was so much dust. And as much as we cleaned, it was kind of difficult because we had so much shit in there okay and honestly we didn't even care it just felt like we didn't have anything to lose anymore when someone so important to you is gone missing you don't care about other shit and as far as sleeping we slept in the living room we slept on the floors, and I personally love sleeping on the floor so much. But my most hated part at that age is that, you know, we use little, I don't know what they call them, but they're, they're, they're obviously not mattresses, but they're used to be slept on. They're like, they're like thicker, they look like blankets, but they're not. They're, they're like thick, thicker mats for us to sleep on. And my most hated part was having to clean the floor every night before we actually put those mats on. I don't know why. I was just so lazy. And I hated that part. I'm just like, why do I have to do this all the time? But yeah, we slept on the floor for years. And that part definitely brought the entire family even closer because we were in each other's Faces. We were in each other's spaces all the time. Not only my siblings and I, also my other cousins. Because we were so close in age, we kind of just wanted to be around each other all the time. So at times they would even be sleeping on the couch with us in the living room. 
which was very nice because, you know, it got, at least me, it got my mind off of things and it was nice to have my cousins there. Now, of course, having so many people in such small space makes things difficult. Like we were all students. We had six students in that house. And so, okay, where are you going to study? It's not like we had cafes we could go to and study. And sometimes we had to work around the schedule, you know, of electricity. And even if there were no electricity, we had to find a way to study. So I would study in the kitchen and, and close the door and, and get pissed every time somebody would walk in. Because obviously it's the kitchen They have to cook. They have to make food. They have to... Sometimes I would study in the guest room in that big old mess of clothes, shit we have to get rid of. Sometimes, I don't know, I would try and study outside. Sometimes I would even go up on the roof and study. Now, you have to understand, my girl cousin was also there, but it's kind of really difficult for us to study together because... The system was different. There was a lot of memorization. I had to memorize a lot, which is why I couldn't be in the presence of somebody else because that would kind of make it difficult. So those were some challenges that we were faced with all the time. But when I say that I learned patience and love, you guys, I mean I learned patience and love because despite all of that, I not once heard any member of my family complain about the situation I not once heard any member of the family being sick and fucking tired of this shit they took on the responsibility to be there for us and that is something I never really got to appreciate until I moved to the states as it felt so empty for me to not be living with them anymore so my family played a big role in those years and I never realized how close I was with them and how close I liked being with them until we were no longer in each other's faces again again I talk for myself he loved me so much and and he never hesitated to show it in any way he never hesitated to to remind me that he was there to support me he never hesitated to help when I needed help in my math problems. You know, he was really good at math. And he was just amazing and he loved us. But the thing that broke my heart the most about my grandpa is that when we found out that we had to move to the States, it was just my mother and myself and my siblings. He did not like that. At all. He did not like the U.S., by the way. He didn't like it at all. And I remember he had told my grandmother that he knew he was going to pass away before we actually got to move to the U.S. for good. And he told her that when we found out about the date of our move. As that was so hard to hear because in my head I was thinking okay you know he's just he's just being dramatic he's just sad but sure enough when we were just 
I would say two weeks away from actually moving out, my grandpa fell and broke his hip. And even though he did surgery and his surgery went very, very, very well, he actually passed out in my mother's arms in the hospital. And when I say passed out, I mean like he died. He passed away. And that was the trippiest fucking thing ever. That was so trippy. And it was so crazy because, I mean, we were all still heartbroken over it. But you see, the reason why I wanted to mention my grandpa and my grandma too, because without them, we probably wouldn't have been able to make it. And till this day, I wonder if, you know, it was his time to go or, I don't know. I mean, there is no or. I think every, everyone has their time to go. But I just wanted to share the fact that that totally happened. But my family, greatest blessing of all. And so if you have a family that you know that supports you and is there for you or is trying to be there for you, try to be understanding of their circumstances and try to be very, very patient because if you have your family by your side, it is the biggest blessing. And sometimes she goes south and it's difficult. But if you have even friends that consider as your family and are there for you, keep them very close. Tell them you love them. Remind them all the time because they could be the biggest blessings that could help you go through a lot more than you think of. So keep your loved ones really close. I am, you know, I'm going to I'm going to end this episode right over here. Please tell you you love you. Give yourself a really really big hug. You matter. I think you matter because I also love you and appreciate you. Keep the love coming. You know, can you Please, please, when you listen to these episodes, um, I would appreciate it if you share with your friends, tell your friends about this. You know, I was reading on the web how to make, you know, how, how to get your podcast out there. And part of it said, don't be afraid or don't feel shy to ask your listeners to follow, share, tell people around about it and it even stated to be aggressive so I am not going to be aggressive I am not going to be going around knocking on your doors because that would be so weird besides I don't even know where the fuck y'all live telling you to share but please share show some love I appreciate all of this you know I, I do try my best to be consistent because I believe in this I believe in me and I believe in you because without you I couldn't be recording and posting every Monday or even gathering up the balls, balls talking about my struggles as a person, my family's struggles and all of that. So I appreciate you more than you think. And um, I hope you have a great week. I'm out.